Tycoon, uh, which was out in the Business Day on Friday and also in the Sunday Times yesterday. We apologize to you. We made serious mistakes in the procurement and execution of our work at SARS, and we kept working even as it became clear that the SARS leadership had a different agenda. Our work was used by others to further their agenda of state capture at SARS, and SARS was a source of pride for South Africans, and we regret playing any role in the damage to this critical institution. And uh, yeah, penned under the name of Stephen York, uh, the uh, managing director of Bain uh, here in South Africa. And he says, like you, I'm a South African. I lead Bain's business in South Africa. And uh, suggesting that only two people were involved then as junior staffers in Bain's work uh, at SARS between 2015 and 2017. And of course, this comes hot on the heels uh, for many suggestions that uh, it's not enough for Bain to just pay back the money. Uh, for their complicity and direct and active involvement in uh, the decapacitation of institutions like SARS. Um, I think the DG, acting DG at the Treasury, Ismail Momoniet, uh, had come out and said uh, Bain, alongside other implicated parties, should also face some form of sanction. And uh, we also do know that in the United Kingdom, uh, that uh, the UK uh, there has banned Bain from government contracts for three years. Yeah. Three years. This after what uh, happened out at the South African Revenue Service. So, uh, in the United Kingdom, Bain has been banned for what they did, not in the UK, but in South Africa, from doing work with the public sector. And I think many people are making a similar call, which is why Stephen York has taken out, uh, at great cost to Bain, uh, these full-page pieces to uh, share his letter uh, with South Africans, which uh, I just uh, read parts of uh, to you. And, uh, yeah... One of the things they say in the letter is that they would like civil society, government and business to join them in trying to find some constructive basis for dialogue um, around what Bain can do uh, to really give true effect to their mea culpa or their apology for what uh, happened out at the receiver of revenue. Debo Khas from Public Interest South Africa is my guest. And uh, yeah, they are one of the uh, uh, civil society organizations uh, in South Africa. Who have certainly been vocal about what has happened uh, during the state capture saga and in particular the role, complicity and active involvement and participation of Bain. And he joins me now on the line. Tebukho, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabong, and thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tebukho, maybe just take us back uh, to January of this year. You, mm. um, as Public Interest SA, wrote to the authorities in the United States insofar as this matter is concerned of Bain and their role and involvement uh, in what uh, later happened at SARS, uh, which, uh, of course, is, um, yeah, I guess, explained in great length in the uh, report of the Zondo Commission on uh, the corporate capture of the state. What happened in January? And I'd also love to hear, I guess, some of your thoughts on uh, now uh, this massive national mea culpa that we've seen in the papers. Yes, uh, thank you for, for, for that question. Just by way of um, a, a quick update on that, uh, what on the response or feedback that you got from our January um, approach of the Department of Justice in the U.S. is that we they subsequently wrote back to us and said to the extent that Bain had um, paid back uh, whatever gains that they had and they purported not to have been involved in any criminal act and certainly not corruption mm. uh, in, in, in the procurement of the, the work at SARS uh, um, around 2017 or thereabout. Um, we found it was going to be difficult for, for a prosecution, a successful prosecution against Bain to be launched. Mm. 
And having said that, they wanted the South African authorities to actually look to pursue uh, avenues that they could uh, uh, implement punitive or, or seek reparative um, justice from 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 Bain. And and the ball basically was said it would be back in the South African. Uh, legal system, uh, they wouldn't have any jurisdiction so far as that concerned. And we went back to the NPA and said, this is the status of this matter. What is the NPA's um, uh, attitude to, to this? And, and, and we've been met with uh, um, silence from the part of the NPA, yeah, which is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the point I was making earlier on. The United Kingdom comes out strongly saying they've banned Bain for three years from doing any public sector work in that country on the back of what they did in this country. And yet in this country, we still yet to extend any effective sanction. Um, just your thoughts, I guess, on how Bain has responded to this, because I think, you know, when it's been Peter Lord, uh, Lord Peter Hayne, a former MP of uh, Labour out in the UK who's been making this noise, they certainly didn't respond. But when it was the acting director general of the National Treasury, they then put out a lot of these statements. What do you make of the statements that they put out? You know, it's disheartening um, that our government is more reactive than proactive. Um, that it took the UK government and certainly Lord Bain, the Peter Bain, as you, as you put it, to ensure that the UK government effects that that uh, that uh, Bain uh, banishment or suspension move three year suspension. And only then we hear uh, our public servants responding to that, including Ishmael Momomia. Mm. Uh, and you ask yourself, why is it that our government seems to be so paralyzed to act on a matter that they ought to have all the facts that they should be acting on? But, but also, I'm too, uh, I'm too, re- I'm too reticent or careful not to want to rush for a similar approach to what the UK. Because I'm not, I'm not familiar with the with the legal environment, so, you know, the laws of the UK, and whether our own government can just effect a unilateral ban like the UK did. Because certainly we've got other instruments, such as the restricted supplier database, um, which our government, haven't, for, for some odd reason, Bain had, was, had never been listed on that. But there are also processes uh, that needs to be put in place before a company or an entity can be put on that restricted supplier base, that database. But there are laws, and if government is to really, really just want to to ban pain, as we as most people are calling out for, it has to be a rational decision based on the law. And we're not sure if the current laws just allow government to just wake up one morning and say, Bain, we're going to ban you for doing it. There has to be processes, there have to be court processes, judicial processes to be followed. Mm. Now, now here's the other thing I'd like to hear your your thoughts on. Um, there's a question here of, you know, fine, Bain was paid money to do what they did, but their complicity and active participation and enabling of what ultimately ended up happening at SARS um, in value is much larger. So the harm is much larger than, you know, the fee that they then reimbursed and paid back and said, look, for all of the work we did there, we'll pay back that money. And I think there's a big question mark around, is paying back the money enough? Uh, which is why there's this debate now. Do you ban them uh, from doing this kind of work um, for a short term, in perpetuity or whatever? But Bain also says, or through Stephen York, say in their letter that they would like a constructive dialogue with government, business and yourselves and civil society uh, on how they can, I guess, repair the harm 
uh, irreparably. I guess uh, the harm might be irreparable, but how they can at least restore some of what might have been lost in the fire. What are your thoughts on that, and uh, what what does that look it, like? It, it, you know, you're spot on, Ayabonga, uh, because um, what what they did, although they've reimbursed the 164 or thereabout million that they they received as uh, as uh, as fees from 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 SARS, um, the damage is much less than that because they are following out of SARS. The basic destruction of the cost of SARS has had ripple effect on many other aspects of the economy. Certainly, SARS' capacity to collect taxes was impaired. SARS, uh, I mean, you would notice that from 2017 onwards, SARS has been, in fact, before, as soon as as as, uh, Bain went into SARS, um, SARS' capacity to collect excess duty on, for example, tobacco or illicit, to squash the illicit cigarette, uh, business or industry was minimized, and the criminals benefited from Bain's uh, work at SARS. In other words, destabilizing SARS, make sure that they, uh, SARS was no longer as effective as it used to be. And so the the economic value or the economic cost uh, to us as a country is far larger than the 160 that they did. So Bain ought to be sat down around the table and said, what it is that you are able to do to make amends? We don't say you can take the, the blame for everything, but certainly to the extent that they were able to uh, create a dysfunctional uh, tax collection system, they ought to be able to be held responsible. We are, we've said to Bain publicly, this is not the first time, to the extent that Bain seems to, to have unleashed a feast, we are willing to extend our, 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 uh, our hand and say, let us sit down and discuss these issues, including issues of maligning or, 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 or as you speak uh, in social media terms, uh, cancelling the likes of uh, Arthur Williams. We say Bain ought to sit around the table and find ways they can make amends to make the pride of whistleblowers, uh, to ease the pride of whistleblowers who were harmed by their own actions. Mm-hmm. But I, so, so is, and I think that's a very important point that you make there for whistleblowers. But for yourselves in civil society, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's, there's a big question mark about sort of, you know, that's a tangible action, the support for whistleblowers. What other tangible actions would you think of? I mean, I think uh, my producer and I were talking earlier on during the day about, you know, what free, maybe professional services for 10 years for, you know, NGOs or, or something like that, or welfare centers, you know, are, are some of the solutions in that domain or do we probably need something much stronger by way of punitive sanction to send a signal here? There's no one solution fits all I want to mm. give on. There's no... Um, um, zero, so it's not a zero-sum game. Uh, in other words, banks can still be made to pay reparations and, and also be able to contribute um, services such as um, helping government plug the loopholes in the supply chain uh, system because we have identified quite a lot of uh, 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 um, uh, loopholes, including in the restricted supply database. The fact that there's no coherence, there's no efficiencies, there's no, the systems are not talked, for example, the, 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 uh, the criminal justice system is not automatically linked with, with Treasury to ensure that if my company has been blacklisted or found guilty for corruption, the information gets to be seamlessly passed on to National Treasury to update its database and also to ensure that even government officials who have been found wanting insofar as 
colluding in criminal conduct cannot leave one municipality or one entity to only pop up in another entity employed and benefiting from government gainfully. And, and so the, the, and Bain's experience, global experience and capabilities can go a long way in helping government improve its uh, efficiencies and ability to make sure that it mitigates uh, corruption, uh, especially in the procurement systems of the, uh, in the public sector. Mm, mm. Excuse me. And I guess, you know, the other thing, Dewoko, that um, we might want to think about now is, um, you know, how do we take a template like this and consider some of the other corporations that have been complicit in state capture and what that restorative project looks like? Yeah, you know, you know. Let's put Bain aside. I'm actually disappointed by many of the local sure. companies, especially financial sector banks themselves. We've been implicated mm. in corruption at uh, Transnet and Escom and elsewhere, who have enabled the siphoning of um, huge amounts of money um, through money laundering from South Africa into H- uh, HSBC and other. Uh, offshore jurisdiction, helping and or enabling state capture uh, uh, criminals to, uh, to 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 basically dissipate money from from within the reach of the local criminal justice system. And to the extent that they've all they've all been quiet, including the auditing firms and the banks, and not coming out and saying this is what we've done wrong and this is how we'd like to make amends. It is worrisome because if you you must have heard of um, now. South Africa faces the real prospect of being gray listed. And gray listed is worse than any other form of punishment a country can have because we are going to be regarded as a pariah, as a country that enables um, criminal activity, financial, using the, uh, the financial uh, system. We had one of the, oh, well, to some extent, we still do have a, 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 world, a, a world-class financial system which is respected. But because of state capture, because of the criminals who've been able to take advantage of our, of our system, our efficient system, they've been able to use it to, to, to basically transfer funds in and out of the country. And, they, and, and, and to that to the extent that the global financial markets have become ours, let's put South Africa on terms. They've actually been saying to us, we are going to put you on terms just as we, they have already done with, 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 uh, with the UAE. If you think the Gupta's uh, the U.S. suddenly turn off heart or change of heart on the Guptas is out of their own heart. No, it's because they are also put on pressure by the financial system, uh, the IMF and, and, and all that. They said to them, you clean up your banking system, you are harboring mm. criminals, and until you, uh, harbor criminal, uh, until you do something about it, we are going to blacklist you, and you are going to find it difficult to attract investments into your own country, which is a real risk that we are facing as a country. Because can you imagine if we are precluded from receiving uh, uh, foreign direct investments um, and the shutdown. We'll go back to those years when South Africa was a Paris state, mm. and it is going to be a very dire state of affairs. Yo, 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 yo. Maybe then just the last one, I guess, because we also know there are public corporations that uh, have been implicated in um, you know, uh, all the malfeasance that we saw as part of this project of state capture. And it's not only, I guess, you know, what we saw in what was disclosed informed by the terms of reference of the commission. But it shows that some of this is entrenched behaviors in the South African economy. Um, I mean, what do we learn? And more importantly, I guess for yourselves, what is the role of civil society in starting to 
frame the terms of how we think about interactions between corporations, particular rent-seeking elites, and, of course, the state? Yeah, let me qualify this before, let me put this disclaimer before I proceed. Okay. Uh, Being that corruption is not only um, prevalent in South Africa, it's not only a South African thing, a problem. It's a global problem. The question is, how do you respond to instances where state resources are being uh, siphoned or plundered in a manner that we have seen it happen in our in our country? And just because it is a global problem doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay for us to tolerate corruption, especially in the public sector and in uh, and also the private sector. And so far as it takes two to tango, in, oftentimes it is the private sector uh, companies especially big companies who go into government and sell government snake oil mm. and knowing full well that they're selling government products and services that government doesn't need, cannot afford, uh, uh, can ill afford, and they don't really care because all they want is just their bottom line to be to, 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 to improve and mm. make profits out of it. And along the way, those enablers who do that, the corrupt uh, people within government and outside of government uh, benefit, including the intermediaries. So, Certainly, to the extent that our SOEs, um, and especially where Bain, the likes of Bain, have been operating, where, um, we need to come clean. We need to know what Bain did at Telcom. We need to know what Bain did at SARS. Because it's not, they haven't told us everything. You know, um, as the saying goes in, in psychoanalyst Bain and all that, uh, you know, it's not a swear word. I suspect Bain hasn't told us everything. And they need to come across the table and tell us exactly where the sixes are buried and who's been doing what wrong in what area of government. What do you think, insofar as the Bain SARS story, is still an unanswered question? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by the comment made by SARS Commissioner Edward Kiseta on, on Twitter the other day. Mm. And he was saying, he was lamenting the fact that Bain went on and bought this huge, expensive advert, as you put it. And Bain hasn't reached out to SARS, you know, which is disappointing. You would have thought that before Bain even put up that big sanctimonious advert in newspapers, they would have approached SARS and say, as a victim, obviously the taxpayers are the victim, but as a custodian of the, the fiscus, um, or, or the contributors to the fiscus, you know, SARS is a key cog in the, in the financial system of South Africa. They would have said to SARS, we'd like to reach out to you and sit around the table. Mm. First of all, apologize for what you did, um, ask for your forgiveness, and then atone for our promise to atone and make amends, and this is how we're going to make amends. Not to go out there and protest that they actually haven't done any, they were not involved in corruption. They basically said, no, somebody, one of us made a huge, one of, an individual in pain made a serious mistake. It's not a serious mistake. It is a corruption. It is called corruption, you know, mm. and they must be able to sit around uh, SARS officials and say, SARS, we have sinned against this nation. And w- these are the things that we believe we can be able to help you. Mm. And where the damage SARS, especially when it comes to human resources and systems, they should be able to say to us, how do we make sure that we put you back to the kind of um, functionalities or efficiencies that you obtained before we came and wrecked it and, and undo the mess if SARS hasn't done so completely and offer to do that for free. And to the extent that Spain hasn't done that, certainly says a lot about their PR or their willingness uh, to help 
And that will be that it's all to, to, to politicians. We remain hopeful that through the appeal, through your platform and others, that they will listen to save the voice of civil society and agree to sit around the table. As I speak with you, we're still reaching to Bain recently and say, we would like to engage you in a constructive engagement. Mm. We are glad that now they've come up publicly and say they're open to certain community approaching them. But will they respond? The jury's still out. Well, we'll ask you. And uh, I think when they do respond to you, or if they respond to you, uh, you know exactly where to tell us. Absolutely, we'll do. Thank Thank you so much, uh, uh, Ayabong. Eitara. speaking to us from Public Interest SA. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. We're going to take a brief breather. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a brief look at the latest coming out of uh, Kenya. That is a coma. We're making sense for us of, uh, yeah, what's what's been happening there.